the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon. I'm Cynthia Hyatt. Thank you so much for joining me today. I always appreciate that you take time and really invest in yourself, invest in others, invest in your relationship with God, and that I hope these shows really help. I feel like they are heartfelt. I enjoy doing them, and I really do want you to know I'm speaking from my heart. A lot of this is insight that God has given me about me, (laughs) and so many times I found that wow, you know, we're all human. We all have similar needs and problems and issues that are kind of in general, even though maybe they might have different details. And so these are things that have really helped me through my life as I have grown and changed and worked through trials and tribulations and overcome things. And and so this this particular set of shows, I am really partial to. This is the one that we talk about trust and that God is with us always, and we talk about peace. And that he left us his peace, his parting words, he said, my peace I give to you, my peace I leave to you. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. And that he wants us to worry for nothing. You know, and that's tough, because I worry. And, um, I'm, I, you know, everybody knows I laugh about myself. I'm a little neurotic. So I kind of think a lot and process a lot and think of all the different, you know, ramifications and, wow, the, the ripple effect. And I have to really train my mind and rein in my mind as well to keep my mind on Christ and to know that my trust should be in God and not in me and not in others and not in things. All those pass away, but God doesn't. And I love to think about that. All these things that are propping me up that I think are helping me so much really only come from God. Without God, they are not even in existence. So the bottom line is, my trust should always be in God, not in others. That doesn't mean I don't trust other people. But as an adult, I have to be very careful about dependency because they're human just as I am, and they're going to let me down, and they're going to struggle in their life, and it's going to be tough. And so it's imperative that we work on this relationship with God, however that is that you need to find him, whatever you need to do. And many times I have clients many times that say, you know, I've I've experienced Christians, and it's not been a great experience at all, and so I really don't want to have anything to do with that. 
And so I'm always saying to them, you know, imagine if you ran into a bunch of people that saw me as a therapist, and little did you know, a lot of these people that saw me maybe were abusive people, and I fired them, and I was not willing to work with them, and I have done that in my in my career, I can tell you on one hand, I've kicked out five people out of my office, two women and three men. And that's, that's a big deal for me to kick somebody out of my office. But I will not stand for abuse in front of me. So even if the person that's married to them or dating them is willing to take it, I won't. I won't watch it. I won't participate in it. I won't see it. So I've kicked some people out of my office. Well, imagine if those are the people that you talk to about how what kind of therapist Cynthia Hyatt is. Well, that's kind of the problem that God has. There's a lot of people that God is wanting to work with, wanting to correct, wanting to hold accountable for their own sake. And so they give God a bad name. So we want to be careful. It doesn't mean we have to be perfect Christians because we can't be. But I know that I'm also an ambassador because I call myself a Christian. So I want people to go to God. I don't want people to not go to God because they experienced bad things through people or heard bad things about him. I want them to reject God because they met him and decided they don't want to know him. That's the most important, powerful thing we could ever help a person do, is to not tell them how to believe, not tell them who God is to them. We can tell them, who we've experienced, just that many people tell other people about experiencing me as a therapist, just as you talk about the person that styles your hair or fixes your car or the gardener or the teacher, the professor that you have or the pastor that you love so much. So we want to really understand that part of what God is asking us to do is truly depend on him, trust in him, not in ourselves, because we are not always very trustworthy. I work on being trustworthy. That's a really important part of the therapeutic process for me and my clients, for myself, is that I'm with myself all the time. I want to be a trustworthy person. I want to stop letting myself down. I want to stop stop hurting myself. I want to stop lying to myself. I want to stop cheating myself, abusing myself, whatever it is. Well, this is where we want to say to ourselves, My trust needs to first be in God. He is trustworthy. There is no one more trustworthy than God. Then I work on being a trustworthy person for myself. Then I work on being a trustworthy person for others. But I don't trust in other things or other people in order to make my life work. So my trust always needs to start and stop with God. And I have to learn to trust him with my, quote-unquote, God-sized problems, those ones that seem unsolvable, burdensome, unmanageable, enduring, like the problems never seems to go away. Instead of focusing on how and if he will solve them, I need to focus on my relationship with him and who he is. Because many times, clients will be finished with their the process that they had with me, and They'll say, you know, Cynthia, I don't even know exactly all what you did, but I know that everything's better and it's changed. And so there's some specific tools that I use and processes that we go through and a lot of education that I do. But a lot of what happens is the experience of a relationship with a safe person. 
the experience of someone that's loving them unconditionally, that's not letting them get away with things, that isn't judging them, that is really wanting to know them and understand them. Well, that's what God does. And so the more you experience him, the more you have a relationship with him, the more changed you are by him. Instead of trying to cognitively, intellectually solve the problem of your, <laughs> of your fallen nature, right? Of your flesh. So this, when I'm in relationship with him and I'm accepting who he is, then I'm able to accept this life of uncertainty much better. I'm better able to accept and trust God's timing. That nothing is impossible for God. He is the God of the impossible. And I've had many what would be impossible things in my life that God has solved. Not always in the way that I wanted him to solve them. But it ended up being the best solution. So he's the God of me. Therefore, I'm thankful that I'm not too impossible for God. Think about that. God's the God of the impossible. That means that you and I aren't impossible. Our troubles, our problems, our mistakes, our failures, our proclivities, our tendencies, whatever it is, our character flaws, nothing about you is impossible to God. And that was a huge thing when I could understand that when I accept his peace, then I'm transformed in his presence. And there's this famous devotional, Jesus Calling. I like some of it many times. And it encourages us to really relax daily in his healing and holy presence. And that we must allow him to transform us through time alone with him. And I have to tell you, that is a struggle for me. I love reading the Bible. I love reading devotionals. Praying is tough. I get off on rabbit trails. I start thinking about other things. I have an insight. I want to write it down. And it's really a discipline to pray. Because, see, our minds are like seesaws. And our trust in him goes up and down. And worry and warring go up and down. But, see, when I'm trusting in him, it heals my brain. It heals my spirit, my soul, and eventually my body. And this trusts me to help to know it's important. How am I supposed to spend my time? What am I really supposed to do? And so I left off uh, last week's show with this wonderful prayer that I have memorized. And I love it. And it brings such peace to my soul. And it's from a very famous um, nun. She is with, I believe, the Benedictine order in the 1600s. And she is St. Teresa of Avila. And this is what she says, and I just want you to really take this in as I speak this to you, because it's so powerful and so centering. And she says, this is what she got from God. Let nothing disturb you. Let nothing frighten you. All things pass. God does not change. Patience achieves everything. Whoever has God lacks nothing. God alone is enough. So when we have peace, when we have his peace, we can truly be who he created us to be. We can have full access 
like I said last week, to our logical, rational, creative beings versus using just our fallen mind for survival. So Jesus accomplished so much during his short time on earth because he was at peace with himself and he had his father's peace. So he was able to walk out the immense calling on his life without wavering. He also had amazing amounts of energy because his energy wasn't being used to fight and defend and worry and stress. So this is Matthew chapter 28, verse 20 out of the Message Bible. And I love this translation. It says, Jesus, undeterred, went right ahead and gave his charge. He says, God authorized and commanded me to commission you. Go out and train everyone you meet far and near in this way of life marking them by baptism in the threefold name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and then instruct them in the practice of all I've commanded you. I'll be with you as you do this, day after day after day, right up to the end of the age. I will be with you. Well, God bless you. We're going to have our next segment in a couple of minutes. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me, and welcome back if you have been listening to the first segment or listening to the show on a regular basis. And if you're just tuning in, make sure that you check out my website, at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's spelled C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T. It's phonetically spelled perfect. Cynthia Hyatt, right? <laughs> so it's a lot easier to remember. So I'm glad you're joining me because today we are talking about peace. And we are talking about the fact that God has promised to be with us always right to the end of the age. And I read that verse out of Matthew 28, verse 20 from the Message Bible, and I'm going to read it to you one more time because this is a really important, really important message straight from the heart of God through Jesus for us. And it says that Jesus, undeterred, went right ahead and gave his charge. Now, prior to this, this is where, you know, the crucifixion is going to be happening. And I mean, this is kind of scary. You know, it's coming down the road there. And, and he says this to them. He gave them his charge. He said, God authorized and commanded me to commission you. Go out, train everyone you meet, far and wide, far and near, in this way of life, marking them by baptism in the threefold name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Then instruct them in the practice of all I've commanded you, and I will be with you to do this, day after day after day, right up to the end of the age. Now, this scripture really encapsulates the idea that we cannot do what God has called us to do without peace, without his peace and being at peace. So he understands what it's like down here. He was, he lived here, grew up here. The whole, you know, the world killed him. So he really gets what it's like to have a stressful life, but he didn't stress. So what Jesus says is, I'm giving you my peace. And then he commissions us. And he will be with us as we do his work. He will be in us, with us, going before us, watching behind us for the work of his kingdom. 
So his peace is always with us because he is with us always, helping us to do this work no matter what, no matter what circumstance, because nothing is impossible for God. And remember, you, if nothing is impossible for God, then you aren't impossible for God. And that was, you know, it may sound ridiculous. It may sound silly. But that was kind of revelatory to me. Because sometimes I feel impossible. Like, I just cannot get a handle on my life, myself, my thoughts, my feelings, whatever it is. My ambitions, my, you know, whatever I'm stressing about. And it was wonderful to know that God is the God of the impossible. And I'm not impossible. And if I am impossible, well, he's the God of that too. So we want to accept his parting gift of peace every day. Without worry without fear, and just wait to see, really, what he can do. Because what he can do is like nothing anybody has ever done before, and we see this. So when we know that peace is God's parting gift, I mean, when you think about that, that's the last thing he left us. Not love, not faith, but peace. And I love this part in the Message Bible. This is John fourteen i I'm going to read you the verse. Because I'm telling you these things while I'm still living with you. The friend, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send at my request, will make everything plain to you. He will remind you of all the things I've told you. I'm leaving you well and whole. That's my parting gift to you, peace. I don't leave you the way you're used to being left, feeling abandoned and bereft. So don't be upset. Don't be distraught. And, and in the voice um, version, I love, I love different versions of the Bible. It says, my peace is the legacy I leave to you. I don't give gifts like those of this world. Don't let your heart be troubled or fearful. So I love this. He's saying, hey, this is the culmination of everything. Not love, not faith, but peace. It's parting gift. It's really interesting. He says he's willing to be at peace with everyone. And when we're willing to be at peace with everyone, this is love. See, we get the personality of Jesus. Jesus is saying, this is my father's legacy, that of peace. And I'm giving that to you because we are one, right? So we remind ourselves again, worry and peace cannot coexist. And we talked about this last week about the brain and how the brain cannot do two conflicting things at one time. It can't entertain it, so it has to pick one. And so if you are thinking positively and negatively, your brain will always pick negative because it's always going to where pain is to try to problem solve how to get you out of pain. See, our, our brains are like, you know, an organ in our body. We don't see brains floating to heaven, right? So our brains are fallen, it's a fallen mechanism, just like your computer, just like your, your cell phone. These are mechanisms to help us think, help us catalog, help us research, help us make decisions, help us keep track of things. That's what our brain does. And so in its fallen nature, it's always going to go to the negative. So it's going to tell me all the things that aren't working, all the reasons why it's not going to work, all the things that I've done that deserve whatever it is I've got. It's going to remind me of the past and tell me that that's still happening. This is how it's problem solving. It's trying to tell me all the negative things so that I stop doing them. Well, that would be nice if it worked that way, but it doesn't work. 
So this is what we want to understand, is that God says, I've made you, I've created you. And if you embrace stress, worry, upset, nervousness, anxiety, it's going to compromise you. It's going to kill you. So don't drink the poison of worry. Really, it's a slow kill, but it'll take you down. It'll aid you, harms your brain, makes your brain smaller. It really does. It, it causes there to be less neural pathways, so you get less problem solving the more negative you are. And then you get a wash of stress hormones all through your body when you have negative thoughts, which increase negative feelings. And then those negative feelings talk to our brain, and our brain tells us why all those negative feelings are true, and it becomes a feedback loop. So one of the best ways is to get off that ride, the ride of worry, the ride of anxiety, and to say, you know what, Jesus, I need your peace because I'm not at peace. So you live in me. I need to experience your peace because you're telling me that you've gone before me. You're going to be with me. You'll never leave me, and you'll never forsake me, that I'm not to be afraid. I'm not to be worried or discouraged. So we put away worry, and we say, God, help me to think like you. Help me to have the mind of Christ. How would Jesus think about my situation? Would he condemn me? Would he throw me under the bus? Would he abandon me? No, we, we got that verse early on. It says, you know, I don't leave you the way you're used to being left, feeling abandoned and bereft. So don't be upset. Don't be distraught. He will never leave us. So this is imperative that you understand. When God tells us, do not worry, he really knows what he's talking about because it really harms us, lowers our effectiveness. And the science of the mind is now really catching up to the Bible and proving what God has been saying all along. So this means we don't even need faith to believe the truth about what God is saying regarding the issue of worry. We have evidence for it. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. We're at the half hour. We have a half hour more to go. I hope you are able to continue with me in the next half hour. And God bless you and God be with you. And ask the Lord for his peace. We'll talk to you in the next hour. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you for joining me. And if you are just tuning in, we are at the half hour break, so we have a half hour more to go. If you're just tuning in then, you can always go to the website at CynthiaHyatt.com and listen to the show in its entirety or to your favorite podcast server. We're on most of the podcast servers right now. Thanks to Amy, my assistant who does wonders with all the podcast servers. And I'm always appreciative of my assistant, Faith, who does such a great job on social media and with my website. And I am really blessed with these two women because they are good at giving me peace. <laughs> they certainly are. And then, of course, I have Jeremy, the best producer of all times. And I hope you guys got to see on social media the picture of he and I. I took a picture of him. Well, actually, I have to say he, he took the picture. His arms are a little longer than me. So <laughs> so it was really fun. So I hope you see him and absolutely pray for those three people because they really have a job working with me. Even though maybe I'm a little fun, I can be a little, I got big ideas and I think fast and do a lot of fast things. And I'm not always great with details. So thank you for these wonderful assistance I have and your prayers for them. 
So we left off talking about this whole idea of anxiety and worry. And I want to give you an example. See, I had a client whose brain was really burned out, really burned out. And so he could hardly even just do daily tasks. His brain was so tired, it just didn't want to do anything. It wanted to just sit and be inert or just watch ridiculous, stupid television. He just was so burned out. Thinking about what he wanted for dinner was a hard choice for him. So what I did was I encouraged him to talk to his brain with compassion and to tell it, hey, relax, you can do this. You're capable. You can pull through this trauma. I know you're working really hard for me. I know I haven't treated you well, and I'm very sorry. And I really need your help, and you're doing a great job. So relax. See, and as he even just thought those thoughts, his brain calmed down. And it really got better. Because you see, your brain is just an organ. But it does have a lot of neural pathways, and it has thinking processes, has problem-solving processes. So what this, these neuroscientists have figured out is when you think a positive thought, it's very healing for your brain. Now, we're not talking about false positives because your brain is probably too smart for that and it knows when you're lying. So you want to tell the truth. You want to say, you know, I know you're tired. I know you're tired and I know you've worked really hard and I know I have not always been nice to you and I'm so thankful that you're still here helping me. So I'm going to work really hard not you, but me, at thinking in more healthy ways. You deserve that. You work really hard for me. Thank you. And I know it sounds kind of wild, but it really works. So I'm frequently telling clients about how they talk to themselves because many times we don't think that the thoughts we're having are heard by our whole psyche and the rest of our body. So when we have negative thoughts, Our body is hardwired. Our brain, our body is hardwired to make those thoughts happen. That's why God says, for as a man thinketh within, so he is. And be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you want to say to yourself, how would I talk to my best friend? How would I talk to my eight-year-old? How would I talk to my pet? How would I talk to a stranger? Would I say these things to any of those I need to speak to myself the way I want to be spoken to because I'm with myself all the time. So I want you to think about this. When when you think about peace, love, and joy, the thalamus, that's the center of your brain. It's the command center. It takes that word and disseminates it through the rest of your brain. So instead of moving into survival like the fight or flight, it takes the frustration out of how your brain is feeling. And it moves you to what we call the the frontal lobe, which is kind of how we reset our brain, just the way you reset your computer. So the frontal lobe is the most mature part of you, and it's where we really do judgment and good problem solving. So when I think on good things, and if you can't think anything good about yourself, think about all the good things of God and the fact that he's living in you and wants to live in you and wants to be with you forever. I mean, those are some really nice thoughts, right? So when you get the understanding of the relationship that you have with your brain, like an organ, I'm telling you, it's the fastest, cheapest way to get a good feeling. 
But it really takes discipline. Because words are so important. Think about the Word of God. Jesus came as the Word in the flesh. God spoke the Word, the world, into existence. The power of words is immeasurable. We have so much research about it. So I'm going to ask you before we go, come back on the next segment, if you were a word, what word would you be? This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the last segment as we talk about peace. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt. Thank you so much for joining us today. And I hope that you've been able to check out all the social media that we have for you on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all these different places. And certainly on the website at CynthiaHyatt.com, you can listen to all the shows on the website. You can find out more of where I'm, what I'm doing. There's also music on the website. I think there's a uh, video of me singing or something. There's also some videos from YouTube, um, just some really inspirational videos, a three-part series on being your own best version. You can check those out as well. So really glad that you're joining me. And we are talking about this idea of peace and being transformed by the renewing of your mind and that this is what God left us was his peace. And he told us, he said, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. My peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. So we want to understand that when Christ lives in us, when Jesus is with us, when he is beside us, when we experience him through other people, we're going to get that feeling of peace. Even though maybe nothing outside of us is okay. It's kind of like when when I talked to you last week about the cheetah and the dog. And one of the things they found with these cheetahs, who are not really scary big cats like lions and tigers, you know, but they are very skittish cats. And so they have a huge flight tendency. And that's why they run so well and run so hard and so far and so fast. So what, what many handlers have found when dealing with cheetahs is they respond really well to dogs. So they have this special school for dogs that are going to be a dog buddy to the cheetah. And I got to see this behind scenes in the San Diego Zoo, this dog sitting next to this cheetah. And the cheetah could handle all these people coming up and taking pictures of him and looking at him. And now we didn't get to pet him. It wasn't like that. But we got to be really close, like within five feet of him. And the cheetah was fine. And every now and then he'd glance over at the dog that was sitting next to him. And as long as the dog was happy and doing great, he took all his cues from the dog. So the dog walks with him everywhere, sleeps with him, eats with him. And any time he's with the dog, the cheetah's fine. So I want you to think about that, that this is really important. When God is with us and beside us, he's our buddy, right? He's our God buddy. So a cheetah has a dog buddy, we have a God buddy. And that's imperative that we really take that in, believe it, stand on it, profess it. And so I asked you in, this, in the last segment of the show, when I was talking about this client who was really burned out and how we talk to our brain. 
and how well your brain responds to positivity. And any negative thoughts, it gets a wash of stress hormones in less than about a tenth of a second. So you get adrenaline, all these types of really difficult hormones that are important for you if you need to fight or flee. And so it pumps you up, stresses you out. And if you have to absorb it yourself without running or fighting, then it's hard on your body. This is where people get burnout, chronic fatigue syndrome, all kinds of really, you know, irritable bowel syndrome, you know, excessive headaches, allergies maybe. They, they attribute, you know, all this stress to the body in so many ways that our bodies just really react to that level of unnecessary stress. So words are so important. So when we think about 1 John, where it says, in the beginning was the word, that's Jesus. And Jesus says, I am the living word. Well, then what does that tell us? Words are very powerful, incredibly powerful. God spoke the world into existence. So I asked you, if you were a word, what would you be? Would you be worry, anxiety, goodness, trust? Anger, grace, mercy, happiness, bereavement. What would you be? What's the word that you're walking out? What are the words that you're walking out? So why was Jesus able to make such a good decision and never be anxious? Well, he was at peace. The only exception was when he was in the temple and cleared it out. Because those Pharisees and Sadducees were harming people, not hurting people's feelings, harming people, stealing from them, abusing them, raping the women, using them as sex objects, stealing all of their money, demeaning them, demoralizing them. This made Jesus hugely angry, which activated, in a very necessary manner, the sympathetic nervous system. So he got a wash of adrenaline, all those stress hormones that he put into action and went ballistic in the temple. There's bloodletting. There was, it was a bloodbath. It was violent because it was harm to people. Otherwise, even when Judas was doing all his shenanigans, you know, stealing money from all the time, you know, that wasn't necessarily harmful. That was just stupid on Judas's part, and he never got a handle on that, and it's sad for him. But the only time Jesus really, really activated all of who he was was when someone was being harmed. So Jesus never worried about money. See, Judas was the one who worried about money all the time. I mean, Judas is the one that got upset about the woman breaking the jar of perfume over over Jesus <laughs> while he's busy stealing money from the other disciples and stashing it away. So having Jesus in you means you get to have his feelings, not just knowing it cognitively, but, he, but how he actually feels, how he wants you to feel, because he actually feels that way. You know, just like you might wish that you could have someone else's feelings, like you could go, wow, I wish I could feel the way you feel. Or you would like to give them your feeling, right? Well, you really understand then. See, when we're overwhelmed with problems and circumstances, we can look to Jesus and really borrow his peace. 
He says, my peace I give to you. So if I can't find the peace in me, I can go to Jesus and say, you know what? I need some more peace. I can't find it. I don't know where it is. I'm not at peace, God. I'm not at peace. And if I'm not at peace, I can't make good decisions. If I'm not at peace, I'm not going to act like the way I want to act. I'm going to do things that I'm going to regret. So, Lord, I need your peace. And peace doesn't always mean yes, right? Peace is recognizing that in the midst of any circumstance, God's going to bring me through it, and I'm going to be better for it. No matter how painful, no matter how wonderful it is. So we're constantly looking at Jesus as our buddy. We're taking cues from him. So we can say to ourselves, if God is good, if he's okay, then I can be okay. Even though nothing in our world may seem okay. And nothing in our individual worlds may seem okay. We can know that God still reigns. And this isn't just, you know, glorious thinking. This is actually buying into a truth and letting that truth set you free. So trust affects the brain. And the more you trust in the correct things, like God and Jesus, right, your faith, the better you will know who to trust outside of you. And the better you will be able to trust yourself in making decisions. You see, he understands it's what it's like. He, he, God really understands what it's like and how hard it is to trust. But it's all about trust. It's hard to experience the peace of God if I'm not trusting. So remember, my trust always needs to start and stop with God, not in me or others. I need to remember that I can't trust me like I can trust God. God is trustworthy always. I am not. And I trust in God as he's making me a more trustworthy person. So I can't worry about God-sized problems. I mean, what are God-sized problems? What are God-sized problems for you? These are the ones that are unsolvable, that are burdensome, that feel unmanageable, that are grievous, heartbreaking, scary. And no matter how small my brain tells me they are, it doesn't work. If my brain is trying to be cognitive with me and say, hey, that's really not going to be that big of a deal if that, you know, guy doesn't call you back or if that woman, you know, turns you down, it's really not going to be a big problem because your brain can cognitively see through it. But the emotional realm of your body is going to go crazy. And so instead of focusing on how and if it can be solved, I need to focus on my relationship with God and say, God, you are with me always, even to the end of the age. You've committed yourself to me to the point of death. That's how committed you are to me. You want my success. You want me to be free. You want me to be all you've created me to be. Now, when I think like that, See, I haven't solved any problem, but I certainly do feel a lot better. And my faith is bolstered. And then guess what? The decisions I make from that point on are going to be healthier decisions that make it easier for God to actually 
give me the things that he's wanting to give me or undo the things I've done that should never have been done. So I focus my relationship on him, on who he is, and I accept this life as a life of uncertainty. But God is not uncertain. And I accept God's timing. You see, I am a God-sized problem. (laughs) I know that. Nothing, you know, is impossible for me because I'm God's problem. And therefore, I'm not impossible for God. So I say to God, thank you, God, that you don't see me as an impossible child. Because if I'm only on my own, I am impossible. I'm not going to be able to be as successful as I would like to be, as I'm destined to be, if I'm only trusting in me. So God has given us this antidote for how hard life is. It's peace. How precious that is. So he says, nothing is impossible for God. He is the God of the impossible. He is the God of me. And therefore, I am thankful I'm not too impossible for God. So we repent of our worry and our warring, which leads us to trust in ourself. And we relax in the healing, holy presence of God. We allow him to transform us by being with him alone, having time alone with him. We center our thoughts more and more on Jesus. That helps to displace fear and worry. Because our minds are like seesaws. And it's either up or down depending on life circumstances, depending on how I feel, depending on what people are saying to me or how they're responding to me. So the more I trust and get to know Jesus, the more I relax. This heals my brain, my spirit, my soul, and eventually my body. And this trusts me to help to know what's important how I'm supposed to spend my time, and what I'm actually supposed to do. So as St. Teresa of Avila says, let nothing disturb you. Let nothing frighten you. All things pass. God never changes. Patience achieves everything. Whoever has God lacks nothing. God alone is enough. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Have a great week, and I look forward to talking to you next week. Check out all the uh, website, check out the social media that we have for you, and make sure you check out the podcast servers for the podcast um, to be on your, your podcast server. And if it's not, let us know. We'll put the shows on whatever podcast server you have if we can. God bless you again. Have a great week. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.